News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. It's 20 years ago since uh, I, as a newspaper journalist, wrote a story for the Sunday Tribune saying that a national emergency had been declared by the Health Minister, Mary Harney, because of the trolley crisis in our hospital. And yet it seems little has changed. In fact, the situation has got worse since then. So we wanted to focus a little bit on what maybe we could do to tackle this perennial problem. We're joined by Dr. Brendan O'Shea, Kildare GP, Assistant Professor in Public Health and Primary Care at Trinity College Dublin. Uh, Brendan, you'd be forgiven or one would be forgiven for thinking this is an intractable, uh, unsolvable problem. Is it? Um, Well, it obviously isn't. Uh, We can definitely do things differently, uh, despite the fact that we've arguably been doing things exactly the same for the last, well, actually, I remember back as far as 30 years uh, that every winter uh, that there's a, a, a winter plan, that there's an imminent disaster that has a quality of, gosh, how could this be happening to us again? But there it is. I think we were kind of lulled into a sense of security. The lockdown uh, greatly shut down the transmission of all sorts of viruses, not just COVID-19. So for the previous two years, we may have gotten out of the here we go again mode. But this winter, here we go again. What what can we actually do differently? I think that's a really important question to examine. Otherwise, we're simply doomed uh, to repeat the failures of, of, of previous generations at this stage. OK, one of the narratives we're hearing a lot Uh, over the last uh, week or two is we need more hospital beds. Uh, We we do seem to have a very low uh, number of hospital beds relative to other countries. Would that make a difference? Is is it that straightforward in your view? Uh, I'm not sure that it's that straightforward. It is absolutely true to say that among affluent societies, and Ireland is a very affluent society, uh, among affluent societies, we're in the lower quartile, we're in the bottom 25% in terms of numbers of beds per capita. So that is absolutely true. Now, there are other health systems that actually have lower numbers of beds, for example, the Canadians. Um, uh, but there are other aspects of it uh, that are there are other aspects of it that are actually quite different, um, uh, and there are, there are key things that it would be better maybe for us to focus on. I think we need to look at our acute hospital system as it currently is. When people think of their acute hospitals, they think of the one down the road. Uh, the people in Navan, for example, uh, will demonstrate frequently to preserve their hospital. Um, what we actually have is we've twenty eight acute hospitals. They're actually quite expensive. By international standards, half of them are actually quite small. They're still expensive. um, And the smallness of these hospitals creates a real difficulty that I'm not certain that we're addressing. Uh, Smaller hospitals are known to be less efficient. They're less likely to be able to introduce innovation. Uh, You're less likely to be able to get consistent quality control. Now, how does this boil down when you, uh, or what does it look like when you go into one of these smaller hospitals? Well, you might have an emergency department, for example, where because it's a small hospital, they have maybe three or maybe four uh, fully qualified specialists in emergency medicine. Well, if that's the number of specialists in emergency medicine you have in that hospital, that hospital cannot provide a 24-7 ED service where there will always be um, a senior clinician. So, so too many and, small and hospitals in your view? That, that, is, that is certainly one perspective that should be looked at. And now there are examples of outstanding success. When you reconfigure some of these smaller hospitals in a different way, you get a real significant improvement in results. And the best example of that are the good people in Kilkenny Hospital, where for the last 15 to 20 years, 
they've actually changed aspects of the way that their service is provided. They decided, what do we have a lot of in this hospital? They identified that they have a, a lot of complex, frail elderly people uh, with common gerontology problems. And they began to reconfigure their services so that they anticipate a little bit more. Uh, they have had a very good process of engagement between the hospital specialists and GPs, particularly led by Ronan Fawcett and Dr. Gary Courtney. Um, so their emphasis is on just staying one step ahead of the game. And as a result, their figures for waiting in emergency departments are the best in the country. Okay. Um, but, but, this, but, but again, this is the 30-year thing. They've been doing it for 15 years, and other of the smaller hospitals have been very resistant to change. Okay. You'd also like to see nursing homes used as kind of step-down for step-down care. Um, well, let's look at the evidence for this. Um, we have 11,500 acute hospital beds. They are best used... Uh, for people who've got very complex medical problems like trauma, orthopedic trauma, oncology, interventional cardiology. It's very expensive to use those beds for social care, but that's what's happening in a massive scale. Uh, this is what is especially significantly um, uh, causing such overcrowding and all the lack of safety and the infection risk uh, and the distress uh, that happens to our patients. We have these other beds. Uh, there's over 26,000 of them. Now, Ireland actually has, relatively speaking, a high number of these beds. Why have we got a high number of these beds? Well, because Mary Harney, who actually got things done, did two uh, things uh, out of her administration in relation to nursing home beds. Um, she brought in the fair deal, uh, which allowed people to 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 go into nursing homes who hadn't been able to afford it. And then the governments of the day also put in place powerful tax incentives to build more nursing homes. And there were tax incentives for builders and investors. So we actually have over 26,000 nursing home beds. Now, we've got our rigid thinking around this where the system is siloed and we couldn't ever possibly use these nursing home beds for anything else other than the, yeah. the, the classic use of the nursing home beds. We would put it that other health systems can actually make more use out of these beds. And again, for the complex frail elderly people, people, for example, who've got uh, a worsening of their heart failure or uh, a, a, a significant chest infection, they would do very well with the kind of nursing uh, and the nursing care that can be provided in these nursing home beds. Now, we have a shortage of GPs, but most of the medical care in our nursing home beds is provided by GPs. Okay. Some of us are of the view that if that could be incentivized further so that we could have more GP involvement, uh, that Makes the, evidence, the evidence... Uh, clearly indicates okay. that that will reduce the number of people having to go to hospital and it allow those people in hospital to get out briefly, quicker. Briefly, Brendan, I, I, I haven't got to all of your, your, your ideas and I, I know uh, uh, the lack of IT in our, hospital, uh, in our hospital is a real bugbear for you. We might come back to that another time. But you also believe, and just very briefly if you can, you also believe people are going to emergency departments that should not be in emergency departments. I think it's not the best place for them to go and it's not good for them and it's definitely not good for staff who are absolutely drowning in, in work in AD departments. Uh, but people are going to emergency departments uh, often because there's nowhere else for them. Uh, that if somebody can't be kept warm, if they can't, if we can't know that they're getting their medication, uh, if they're not, if they're not being, if they're not being fed, uh, then by default in our system, they have to go to the cash, they have to go into one of those acute hospital beds. Um, I think we need to switch off that flow and I 
think we need to look and see how we can repurpose this other really important part of our health system that we have invested in, which is nursing home care. And there is capacity in nursing home care. Uh, there are some very nice studies from other health systems and, and two nice ones from the uh, Nuffield uh, Trust and the King's Fund in 2018 and 2019, which, which really summate the evidence that this actually really works. And you okay. see it in other, and you see that in Canada and you also see it in Australia where, where we cross that boundary, where Brandon. GPs can have a role in this. Really interesting. Dr. Brendan O'Shea, uh, Kildare GP, Assistant Professor in Public Health and Primary Care at Trinity College Dublin. Thank you for talking to us. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.